الحمد لله حمدا كثيرا طيبا مباركا فيه كما يحب ربنا ويرضى أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله الناصح الأمين اللهم صل على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تمسك بسنته إلى يوم الدين ثم أما بعد يا عباد الله The Prophet sallallahu he taught the Muslims to seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from fitting. So before we go any further, as taught to us by the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we say, Allahumma inna na'udhu bika min al-fitin ma dhahra minha wa ma batan. Oh Allah, we seek refuge in you from the trials and the tribulations. We seek refuge in you from fitna, that which is apparent from it and that which is hidden, that which is obvious from it, that which is overt from it, and that which is covert from it. Ya ibadullah, we live beyond a shadow of a doubt in days of fitna. We live in a time of calamity and tribulation from many different directions. It is incumbent that we know and that we understand what is the makhraj, what is the escape from the fitna, what is the way out from the fitna. An al-Arbaq bin Sariyah radiyallahu ta'ala anhu قال وَعَظَنَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ مَوْعِظَةً بَلِيغَةً وَأَجِلَتْ مِنْهَا الْقُلُوبُ وَظَرَفَتْ مِنْهَا الْعُيُونُ الْعِرْبَاقُ بِنْ سَارِيَةً رضي الله تعالى عنه He said that the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم He gave to us an extremely touching address. He gave to us an admonishment, an extremely touching address and speech, that of which it made the hearts tremble and it made the eyes water. فَقُلْنَا صَلَى الصَّحَابَ When hearing such an address, when hearing such an admonishment, they said, Ya Rasulullah, كَأَنَّهَا مَوْعِظَةٌ they said, O oh Messenger of Allah, this is as if you are giving us a farewell address. This is as if you are addressing us for the final time. So give us advice. Give us a lasting legacy advice. I want you to pay very close attention, Ya Allah. I want you to listen very closely to the situation. Very closely to the circumstance. The Sahaba, they're telling the Prophet Sallallahu it is as if you are giving us a farewell address. So give us a lasting advice. That advice that you will give, that will be an advice that people will hold on to when you're awake. I want us to pay very close attention to what this advice was. 
Because this advice is extremely important. This advice you will find therein is the remedy for the fitna, is the remedy for the fitan, is the remedy for the trials and the tribulations that we see on a daily basis, is a remedy for the trials and the tribulations. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he said, Usikum bitakullah. Then I command you to have fear of Allah Azza wa Jal. وقال العلامة شيخ ربيع حفظه الله تعالى he says هذا بند الأول he said this is the first item this is the first item to have fear of Allah عز وجل ثم قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم and then the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he said and I want you to listen because these are advices that are important these are advices that will save us from the trials and the tribulation. These are advices that will save us from the calamities. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he said, "Wasmi wa ta'a, wa inta amra alaykum abdun habashi." He says, "And that you hear and you obey. You hear, you obey who? You hear and you obey your ruler." You hear and you obey the Muslim ruler, even if it is an Abyssinian slave. Even if your ruler is an Abyssinian slave. I want you to pay very close attention to this because in this, the Prophet ﷺ, he highlighted the importance of obeying the ruler. Even though there may be things that are there that are distasteful to you, even though there may be things that are there that are not pleasing to you, even though there may be certain issues that you take issue with, you have to obey the ruler. As-sim'i wa ta'a. wa ta'a. Hearing and obey. It is known that the Arab of Jahiliyyah, they used to didn't like to have any type of centralized rulership over them. They didn't like that anyone was their ruler. They didn't like that they had to hear and obey anyone. And this is evident in the statement of the Prophet ﷺ that comes in Sahih Muslim. فِيمَا رَوَاهُ مُسْلِمُ مِنْ حَدِيثِ إِبْنُ عُمَرُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَلَى عَنْهُمَا حَيْثُ قَالَ النَّبِي صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ مَنْ مَاتَ وَلَيْسَ فِي عُنُقِهِ بَيْعَةً مَاتَ مِيتَةَ جَاهِلِيَةً The Prophet ﷺ, he said that whoever dies and he does not have on his neck بَيْعَةً he does not have on his neck a pledge of allegiance to the ruler, to the Muslim ruler then he dies the death of جَاهِلِيَةً what this means is that what? As Sheikh Ahmed Ta'ala he explains, is that in the time of Jahiliyyah, the Arab, they didn't go for nobody to be the ruler over them. Nobody to tell them what to do and how to do it and so on and so forth. So you find that those Arab in the time of Jahiliyyah, they died and they didn't have bayah to no one. They didn't have bayah to no one. So that individual who dies and he doesn't have bayah to the Muslim ruler, then he resembles the pre-Islamic Arabs in that he dies without having bay'ah to the Muslim ruler. This is from one standpoint. That even though they didn't used to like to have a centralized government, the Prophet is telling them what? That it is binding to hear and to obey. The next point, which shows that no matter the situation, you have to hear and obey the Muslim ruler, is that the Prophet he said, وَإِن تَأَمَّرَ عَلَيْكُمْ عَبَدٌ حَبَشِيٌ The Arab didn't like to have any ruler over them. But if there had to be a ruler, then they wanted the ruler to be an Arab. 
So the Prophet is saying, even if a Habashi, even if an Abyssinian were to become your ruler, then you have to hear and you have to obey. The Arab, they didn't like that a non-Arab would be the ruler over them. And they didn't like that one who used to be a slave will now be their ruler. Now they have to listen to a former slave. They didn't like that. So the Prophet said, Even if a non-Arab is your ruler, even if that ruler used to be a slave, despite the circumstance, there's no justification in disobeying the ruler. You have to hear and you have to obey. And inside of another narration that comes in Al-Bukhari, من حديث أنس بن مالك رضي الله تعالى عنه The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said Listen and obey وإن استعمر عليكم عبد حبشي كأن رأسه زبيبة The Prophet Sallallahu said It is upon you to hear and to obey Even if your ruler, even if the one who takes the rulership from you. And as Sheikh Saleh Abdul Aziz al-Sheikh, he mentions that the only way that an individual can go from being a slave one day to the ruler the next day is from the tariq al-mughalaba. Is that he took the government, he took it. Even if he happened to get there in such a way, as once he becomes the ruler, that's it, you have to hear, you have to obey. So you can't say, oh, but the way he got there, we don't like it. Don't matter. When he's the ruler, you have to hear and you have to obey. The Prophet ﷺ even highlighting and showing a further emphasis how there is no justification to go against and revolt against the ruler as long as he is a Muslim. The Prophet ﷺ said, even if he is an Abyssinian slave who has a head that's shaped like a raisin, meaning that what? Even if he is disfigured, even if he is one who is disfigured, and we know that generally the human beings that what? They like for their rulers to be those who are in good health. They like for their rulers to be those who are strong in stature. They like for their rulers to be of those who physically have nothing wrong with them. This is clear, this is evident. How many of the rulers over the times have we seen in various societies who hide their illnesses, who hide their sicknesses? Why? Because they know the general masses of the people don't like to have a ruler that's sickly, don't like to have a ruler that's disfigured, don't like to have a ruler that got something wrong with him. Even if he is physically disabled, if he's your ruler, you hear, you obey. We see this illustration of this sentiment of liking for your ruler to be strong in body and, and so on and so forth. And that which took place with the people of Israel, Ben Israel. When their prophet informed them that Qalut, he will be their ruler. And they objected to it. They objected to it. So their prophet, he said unto them, Their prophet, he said unto them, as Allah Ta'ala tells in the Quran, إِنَّ اللَّهَ اصْطَفَاهُ عَلَيْكُمْ وَزَادَهُ بَسْطَةً فِي الْعِلْمِ وَالْجِسْمِ That Allah, he says, verily Allah has chosen him, has chosen Qalut to be your ruler has chosen Qalut to be your ruler. And verily Allah has given him abundantly, has given him in abundance what knowledge and stature. Has given him abundantly, has given him knowledge and stature. Meaning that his aim was superior. And his stature was fine. He was fine in stature, fine in physical form. 
Even if the ruler has a physical this, this uh, disability, we have to hear and we have to obey. Hearing and obeying the Muslim ruler. Sheikh Rabi'i says, Due to the importance of this affair, and due to what the danger in going against this affair, we have to hear and we have to obey the Muslim ruler. It is important, Ya Ibadullah. There's no way around it. Because when we disobey the Muslim ruler, when you have coups and when you have revolutions and when you have these thawrat and so on and so forth, then it leads to the chaos that we see. It leads to the instability which allows the rise of the likes of ISIS. The calamities are clear and evident. We witness them every day. What comes from disobeying and going against the ruler. So the first item, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, Allah, to have fear of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah. So it is upon us to fear Allah Azza wa Jal. And that we have to know that Allah Ta'ala He's watching us. Know that Allah Ta'ala He hears us. Know that Allah Ta'ala He sees us. Know that Allah Ta'ala will hold us to account. In all of our movements, every issue, everything that we do, and in all of our stances that we take, all of our stances that we take, in all of our relationships that we have for Allah Azza wa Jal, we have to fear Allah Azza wa Jal. As relates to our families and how we interact and deal with our families and our family structures and so on and so forth, we have to fear Allah Ta'ala. We have to fear Allah in the way that we interact with our wives. Fear Allah Ta'ala for the women the way they interact with their husbands. Fear Allah Ta'ala how we interact with our parents. Fear Allah Ta'ala as we, as we interact with our relatives and family members. And we have to fear Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala how we interact with society. We have to fear Allah how we interact with society. From not allowing any harm to come to a society, from keeping our harm away from the society, from trying to help the society, all the way from not littering to not going against the Muslim ruler, not shedding blood, not setting up a destabilization that will lead to the shedding of blood and the loss of life. And the way that we interact with the Muslims and our relationship with the Muslims, we have to fear Allah how we treat the Muslims. We have to fear Allah as we treat the, how we treat the Muslims. And we have to fear Allah how we treat non-Muslims. Naam. We have to fear Allah in the manner that we treat the non-Muslim. No matter what type of non-Muslim he is. Whether he's a Jew or a Christian or a Buddhist or a Hindu or a Rastafarian or whoever. We have to fear Allah in how we treat them. We have to treat them in a way that is just. We have to treat them in a way that is just. We have to be just and fair with him. We can't disrespect them and treat them in an unkind manner because we say, oh, they're not Muslim. No! We have to treat the non-Muslim in a manner that is befitting. We have to treat the non-Muslim and we have to fear Allah Ta'ala in the way that we treat the non-Muslim. We have to treat them fair and be just unto them. And that includes Bila Shak wa Bila Raib. Not slaughtering and killing those who are innocent. 
not killing and slaughtering those who are innocent, not bringing damage and bodily harm to those who have done nothing. This is what we mean by innocent, ya ibad. Those who have not declared war upon the Muslims. Those who are not declared war upon the Muslims, we have to treat them in the most equitable manner. We have to treat them in a fair manner. We have to be just unto them. We can't infringe upon their rights and use as an excuse, but they're not Muslim. Islam does not teach us that. This is not what Allah Ta'ala has taught us in the Quran. This is not what the Prophet Sallallahu he has taught us in his Sunnah. This is not the manner that the Prophet Sallallahu he himself used to interact with the Kuffar. And that therein is the biggest proof and the evidence of how he supposed to treat the Kuffar. The Prophet Sallallahu he was kind to the disbelievers. The Prophet Sallallahu he was just to the disbelievers. The Prophet Sallallahu he did not infringe upon the rights of the Jews, Christians, nor pagans. The Prophet Sallallahu he did not kill, murder the women, men, and children of the disbelievers, whether they were pagans, whether they were Jews, whether they were Christians, the Prophet ﷺ, he did not infringe upon their rights. He did not infringe upon their rights, but he kept his agreements, he kept his oaths, he honored his trees that he had with them. He dealt with them in the most fair manners. And this is how we are to be interacting and dealing with them. This is not wartime, this is not the time of war. This is a time of treaty and peace. So we have to maintain that treaty and peace that we have agreed to have with them. وَعَلَى مُسْتَوَ الْأَفْرَادِ وَالْجَمَاعَاتِ وَالْدَوَدِ Whether it is individually or whether it is as on societal level or whether it is as it relates to countries and the like. عَلَى الْمُسْلَمَ أَنْ يُرَاقِبَ اللَّهِ فِي كُلِّ حَالِهِ حَلَاتِ The Muslim has to Fear Allah. He has to know that Allah is watching him and will hold him to account in all of these affairs. This is what Islam teaches us. When one reflects just upon these two points of fearing Allah who ta'ala as relates to the Muslims and the non-Muslims, he will see that the likes of ISIS, the likes of Daesh, the likes of Ash-Shabaab, the likes of Nusra, the likes of all of the Khawarij, Khan Muslimin, all of them, Kulluhum. It's against the teachings of Al-Islam. It's against this advice, this lasting advice and command of the Prophet But one reflects on how the likes of these terrorist groups, be it Daesh, Al-Shabaab, Nusra, Khani Muslimin, Ihya Turaf, whoever they may be, from the Khawarij and those who are upon their way. When they look at the manner in which they deal with the Muslim rulers, then they will see that what? That they are contradicting this advice of the Prophet Sallallahu The Prophet Sallallahu told us, Sabi wa ta'a, hear and obey. But when I do find the likes of Abdurrahman, the Khalif, the likes of Da'is, the likes of Khan Muslimin, they say what? Revolt against the ruler, fight against the ruler, take out the ruler. Don't listen to him, don't obey him. So now for the one who has an aqa, the one who has a mind, is it a hard decision? Do we listen to the Prophet ﷺ that said to hear and obey? Or do we listen to the likes of Daesh, the likes of ISIS who say to revolt and slay? That's not even a question. We let we go with the Prophet ﷺ. We listen to the Prophet ﷺ because he is the Rasul of Allah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Hada akunu kulli hada wa astaghfirullah alayhi wa lakum wa lijimi'i muslimin Bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, ala rasulillah wa ba'd. The Prophet ﷺ, he told us it was going to be like this. Much calamity. 
many groups, many parties, many organizations, many opinions. But we have to know, Ya Ibad, that our deen is not a deen that's built on opinion. The deen of Al-Islam is not defined by the Muslims. You understand? The deen of Al-Islam is not defined by the Muslims. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has laid out what Islam is. The Prophet sallallahu he taught us what Islam is. What Islam is is what the Sahaba they were upon. That's Islam. Not what we think, what we deem, what we feel, what we want it to be. Islam is what it is as Allah ta'ala has sent it down. Islam is what it is as the Prophet sallallahu has taught it to us. So the Muslims are to be judged by Islam. Not that Islam is judged by the Muslims, but the Muslims are judged by Islam. So when we see these trials and these tribulations, the Prophet said, And whoever from amongst you he lives, he's going to see a lot of differing. He's going to see a lot of differing. This one claiming this, that one's claiming that. This one is Mu'tazili, that one is Ash'ari. This one is Naqshabandi. Then you have on the flip side, politically. This one is Shuyu'i. This one is Dimokraqi. This other one, he is Imani. This one is communist. That one is a democratic. This one is a social or a secular, secularist and so on and so forth. This is from the standpoint of siyasa, the standpoint of politically. All of this fitna, all of these trials, all of these tribulations, all of this differing. For what's the way out? What's the makhraj? makhraj? How do we escape? How do we know who's upon the haq, who's upon batil, who's upon what's right, who's upon what's wrong? How do we know what to stick to, what to cling to? How do we escape from these trials and these tribulations? The Prophet said, Alaikum bi sunnati. It is binding a point to stick to my sunnah. Hold on to my sunnah. Daesh, ISIS is claiming what is claiming and saying that's Islam. Ikhwani Muslimin claim what they claim and they say that's Islam. Jamaat al-Tabri claim what they claim they say that's Islam. The Ash'ari say what he say say that's Islam. So on and so forth. How do we know who's upon the haq? How do we know who's upon that which is right? What is our criterion? Our criterion is the Prophet said, he said, فَعَلَيْكُمْ بِسُنَّتِي وَسُنَّةِ الْخُلَفَاءِ الرَّاشِدِينَ الْمَهْدِيِينَ it is binding a point to stick to my way, my sunnah, and the sunnah of the rightly guided khulafa who come after me. Bite on to it with your molity. Bite on to it hard with your molity. Don't let it go. And beware of newly invented matters. Because every newly invented matter, every bid'ah, every innovation, it is a going astray. Every innovation is a going astray. So how do we know who's upon that which is right? How do we sift through what Daesh says, through what ISIS says, and what Ikhwan Muslimin says, and what the Tablet says, and so on? How do we see who's right? It's binding the point, it's stick to my sunnah. Do we find from the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ the likes of the atrocities and the crimes that we see committed on the hands of ISIS? Do we find any precedent in the annals of history that the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba they did the likes of what has taken place in Paris last week? Do we find anything that hints to that? What about Al-Qaeda? 
Do we find anything in the annals of history that see that the Prophet and the Sahaba they did the likes of Al-Qa'i they did on 9-11 or the other atrocities they have committed before that and after that? When we look at the way, the mannerism of giving down of Jamaat al-Tabliq and the Ikhwan and so on and so forth, do we find any precedent of the Prophet ﷺ doing anything that hints to that? No, we do not. No, we do not. So therefore, by way of this, we're able to identify that what? That the way of ISIS is wrong. That the way of the Ikhwan Muslimin is wrong. The way of Al-Qaeda is wrong. The way of Nusra and Al-Shabaab is wrong. Hey now. Of course it's wrong. How can the way of ISIS be correct? How can the way of Al-Qaeda be correct? How can the way of Nusra be correct? How can the way of Khan Muslimin be correct? How can the way of Ihya Talab be correct? Because all of them share one thing in common is that what their way is from the way of the Khawarij. And the same Prophet Sallallahu who told us to stick to his Sunnah is the same Prophet Sallallahu who told us that what? That the Khawarij Kilabun Nar. That the khawarij are the dogs of the fire. So how could the dogs of the fire be right? How is that even possible? It's not. So they're wrong. We know they're wrong. This is this is no this is to be on the shadow of a doubt. But for those who are unaware, for those who don't know, how we able to identify that is by weighing what they do against the way of the Prophet Sallallahu The Prophet Sallallahu told us to stick to his sunnah, and the sunnah of the right of Khulafa. So when we see the tufan min al-fitn, when we see the flood of fitna, the tufan. When we see the flood of bid'ah coming, what's the safina of Najat? What's the safina of Najat? What is the boat that will take us to safety? That boat that will take us to safety? Then that is the way of the Prophet. That boat that will take us to safety? Then that is the way of the Sahaba, the way of Abu Bakr and Umar and Uthman and Ali and the ten who will guarantee Jannah and the Sahaba in general. That's the way of success. That's the way. That's our way out. That's our boat of safety. So, do we find from Abu Bakr or Umar or Uthman or Ali the likes of what we see from these innovative groups? No, we do not. But rather, we find from them a most excellent example. A most excellent example of how the Muslims are to interact with everybody. So, it is incumbent, Ya Ibad, that we stick to the Sunnah of the Prophet, and this is the way. This is the way of success. Not that we go to the extreme of Daesh, the extreme of ISIS and those who are like them. Not that we go to the way of the Khawarij, because the, the way of the Khawarij is a road that leads to the hellfire. Upon each one of these deviant roads, there is a shaitan calling to it. Whoever answers them will be thrown inside the fire. From those crooked roads is what is the road of the Khawarij. They are the dogs of the fire. And at the same time, we can't go to the other extreme. As an individual modernist, he said, we can't, we have to teach the Muslims that we can never return back to what the Prophet was upon and what happened in his time can never be repeated. Yes, Salam, what kind of intellect is this? What kind of intellect is this? The Prophet is a messenger of Allah. Allah Ta'ala in the Quran, he said, Allah wa Rasul. Obey Allah and obey the messenger. Whatever the messenger gives you, take it. Whatever he prevents you from, stay away from it. There's no expiration date on these on these orders. This is the way it's supposed to be from what? From the sending of the Prophet all the way to Yawm Al-Qiyamah. There's no more world. There's no more dunya. We have to be upon the sunnah of the Prophet because if you think 
that another way other than the way the Prophet will get you to Jannah, then you are the most moronic, idiotic, stupid individual in the earth. You're going to go to Jannah by doing something different than what Allah's Messenger has told you? That was his job to show you how to get to Jannah. We don't find anyone from the Sahaba their way contradicting the way of the Prophet because they were upon that which the Prophet was upon. And what's the proof of that? What's the proof that the way of Abu Bakr did not differ from the way of Umar, nor did it differ from the way of Uthman, nor did Uthman's way differ from the way of Ali and the rest of the, the Khulafa Rashidin? That their way did not differ from the way of the Prophet is that the Prophet ﷺ You have to stick to my sunnah What sunnah to khulafa And the sunnah of the khulafa There's two sunnahs that I mentioned But yet when the Prophet ﷺ referred back to them He said He said invite on to it Singular He didn't say invite on to both of them He said invite on to it Invite on to it With your modality Showing what? That the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ and the sunnah of the Sahaba is one. It's the same sunnah. So if we want to be successful, like they were successful, then we have to stick and cling to the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ. So thus you find Ahlul Sunnah, the people upon the truth, they're in the middle. They don't go to the extremes of ISIS, nor do they go to the extremes of this modernist telling us that we can't take the Prophet as an example. Even though Allah Ta'ala the Prophet of the Prophet is the best example for us. So now who are we going to listen to? The likes of these individuals or what Allah Ta'ala has revealed? Again, there is no question. There's not even a question for a serious-minded individual. There's not even a question for an individual who is sane, who has insanity. We have to submit ourselves to the rules of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. If there's any type of differing, we have to refer back to the Kitab and refer back to the Sunnah for internazatu fi shaykh. And if you differ in anything, bring it back to Allah's Messenger. Our way of success is in sticking to the Sunnah of the Prophet, sticking to that which Allah Ta'ala has revealed, sticking to that which the Sahaba were upon, and fighting and warring against all other ways, outlining to the people as the Prophet he outlined and he explained with the fullest of clarity that all of these deviant ways are ways that lead to the hellfire. As the Prophet said, let me say, for the Tariqu Ummati ala Thalatha wa Sabaina Firqa Kulaha finari la wahida, that my ummah will break into seventy three different sects, all of them in the fire except for one. Makunna wa mahi atalka filukya Rasulullah. We said, oh, what is that group or messenger of Allah towards the Prophet? Let me say, Ma'ana Ali and Yomu Ushabi, when I and my companions are upon today. That's the only way that is correct. All the other ways and the seventy two different ways that are crooked as it comes in a hadith, another hadith the Prophet said, let me told us what? That there's a shaitan sitting at the head of each of these roads, whoever answers them will be thrown into it. So we have to make it clear to the people, as the Prophet has made it clear to us, that this is the truth and the way of Daesh, the way of ISIS, the way of Ikhwan Muslimin, the way of Jamaat al Tabligh, the way of the Ash'ali, the way of the Sufi, the way of the Al Qaeda, and the rest of them, Al Shabab, and Buku Haram, and whoever. Their way is contrary to the way of Islam. We have to make that clear to the people. Clear to the people. It is our job. It is our responsibility. These people have done enough in tarnishing and tainting the image of Islam, the perception of Islam. So we have to do our part in setting the record straight. Faqimu Salah.